Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit gets fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. And there's much to learn about these things. You, the scripture says, as newborn babes, Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. When you're born again, you're not born uh, a fully developed person spiritually any more than when you were born physically. You were born a baby and you had to grow and develop into adulthood. That same thing happens spiritually. You're born again, you're born again a baby spiritually. And then if you're fed... (laughs) and develop, uh, fed and and use uh, those things, you'll develop. It's possible, though, to have been born again 70 years ago and still be a baby because you don't, growth is not automatic. You don't just grow because of passage of time. Did you hear the, the scripture? As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. What's going to cause you to grow? The word. And not what somebody thought the word means or some ideas about the, the word itself. The anointed, thus saith the Lord, will feed your spirit and help you to grow up and develop. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us. Let's release faith for answers today. Father, how we thank you for sustaining us thus far all the prayers you've already answered, all the good things you've already done for us, and all the complete, total provision you have accomplished for us in Christ Jesus. Open our eyes to see it and our ears to hear it and our heart to understand it. Guide us into the next part of what we need. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Would you please look in the great textbook again today, Acts, the 14th chapter. Acts 14, continuing our study uh, in faith for healing, and the account in the book of Acts, Acts 14, of the healing of the lame man at Lystra. We saw in uh, uh, several sessions back that in the 13th chapter, Paul and Barnabas actually launched on what is called their first missionary journey, and um, They left from Antioch and they went down to the island of Cyprus and they preached there, both sides of the island, and and, and then they came up north to what's now southern uh, Turkey. And they're at these cities, Iconium, and then they went to uh, Lystra and Derbe. And and these places, uh, those city names are well, hard to find nowadays. Some of them are, are still there. They are even called by a similar name. But um, this is not uh, a, a tale. 
This is history, (laughs) and this is anointed word. And so it tells about Barnabas and Paul going into these areas that have not heard the gospel before, going into areas where the primary religion is um, uh, the Greek pantheon of gods, deities. And we're going to, the reason I say that is because it's in this chapter. They're going, we're going to talk about it some. But um, they came in and preached the one and only true living God, <laughs> creator of the heavens and the earth, and his son, Jesus, and the resurrection. Hallelujah. This is what they preached, and all of the good things that have been made available to us through Jesus, uh, sacrifice, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, his present day ministry for us. And so in verse uh, 7, Acts 14, 7, there they preached the gospel, the good news. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he leaped and walked. How many believe this really happened? That This is not a fairy tale. This actually happened. Well, if, if you don't believe it actually happened, then you don't believe the Bible. You'd have all kind of, kind of problems with, with the rest of this book. Uh, I like what one individual said one time. He said, uh, Genesis 1-1. He said, uh, if, if you're okay with that, you won't have a problem with the rest of the book. <laughs> what does it say? In the beginning, <laughs> God created the heavens and the earth. If you do have a problem with that, the rest of the book's not going to work for you. It's, uh, it's, your eyes are going to be closed to it. Because to an unbeliever, this is a closed book. You won't see it. You won't understand it. It takes revelation. And the Lord gives revelation to those who respect Him, to those who believe in Him, trust Him. Those who don't, you won't see it. It'll be like it's not even there. So uh, uh, they are proclaiming the good news. This man heard what Paul preached and Paul perceived, or, or that can also be translated, he saw that the man had faith to be healed. Faith is real. It's not this ambiguous, ethereal, unknowable thing. It's either there or it's not. <laughs> huh? And uh, what, what we see here is that Paul realized faith is there in the man right now. To be healed. And so what he did then. Was encourage him. To act on his faith. And when the man acted. On his faith. That's when the power of God manifested. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's when the miracle. Manifested. Not before. Not before. Now. This happened after the death. Burial resurrection ascension of Christ. So. The man sitting there, uh, lame from his mother's womb, does Jesus need to do anything else to get his healing for him on this day? Or has it already been done? 
Huh? Jesus went to the scourging post. He was scourged. He, he took our infirmities, bore our sicknesses, carried our pains. Does he need to do something else? Did he not do something to cover for this man? Or was it already done? It was already done, and yet the man's not healed. Are y'all with me, class? It's the same thing today. Are there people on the planet that are not saved, that are lost, that are not born again, that don't know God? Well, does the Lord need to do something else to save them? Does Jesus need to come back and do some more work? Or, oh, it's been done. I said, it's been done. It's been bought. It's been paid for. Then why are they, are they lost? If God so loved the world that he sent Jesus for not just you and me, but for everybody. And if Jesus took their sins too and paid for their sins too, why are they lost? Well, they got to hear it. And they got to believe it. Come on, are you with me? And they got to receive it and act on it. Or there will be no experience of it. This is something that even much of the church world is still in the dark about. We've seen it in Jesus' ministry. How many times did Jesus call for people to act? Hmm? Did, did we study it? Those of you that were not with us, you, you can go back and look at those cases. But let me, let me just read a few to you. That the Lord, more than once, he would call on people to act. The nobleman's son, he said, go your way, your son lives. The man at the pool, he said, rise, take up your bed and walk. The man that was brought by his four friends, a paralyzed man, he told him, get up, take your couch and go to your house. The man with the withered hand, he said, stretch forth your hand. The man that was blind from birth, he said, go and wash it off in the pool of Siloam. The ten lepers, he said, go and show yourself to the priests. We saw the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. Uh, what did Peter tell him? Get up and walk. Uh, just recently, the study of Aeneas, he told him, Aeneas, get up, make your bed. And here we see Paul telling this man, get up, <laughs> stand up on your feet, calling for them to act. Why? Was it unnecessary? How many understand? This is no... Coincidence, I gave you 10 instances just in that little excerpt, 10. The other one was he told the blind man, made him look up. But it was a common thing for Jesus in ministering to people to call for them to act. And when they acted was when the power manifested. That's no coincidence. It was exactly at that time that the change happened, the power manifested, and the body was changed. Not before. Not while they were thinking about it. Not while they were talking about it. Not while they were even listening to the word about it. Come on, can you see this? So I want you to notice in, in Acts 14 again, verse 7, they preached the gospel there. And the man was sitting there who's crippled from his mother's womb, never had walked. The same man heard Paul speak. This was the beginning of his miracle. But if nothing had gone beyond this, is it possible he could have heard the truth that could set you free and yet have no changes in his body? 
If you just say, he heard the word and it was anointed and it was wonderful. But if that had been the extent of it, they could, they could have carried him home and there'd have been no change. And, and, and if people said, well, it just wasn't God's will to heal him, that'd be a lie. That's, that's like saying, you know, somebody came and heard the gospel, but decided not to accept Jesus and went home lost. Well, God decided not to save them today. That's absolutely not true. That is not true. And the Lord doesn't need to do anything else to get our healing for us. Huh? Or to get our forgiveness for us. Nothing else. When he said it is finished, it is finished. Right? And when he's been raised after those three days and nights, triumphant, and he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, you don't sit down while there's still work to do. Huh? He sat down. Why? Because it's done. It's done. And if anybody is lost, it's not because they're waiting on him. And if anybody is not healed, it's not because they're waiting on him. Anybody's not free, it's not because they're waiting on him. Now, I know that's contrary to what millions of church-going people believe. Why do you say that, Brother Keith? Because they're still praying earnestly every day, Oh, please, God, heal me. Oh, please, God, heal me. Oh, please, like he needs to do something else to get me healed. That, it'd be just as scriptural for the lost person to pray every day, please God save me. Please God save me. Please God save me. What else does Jesus need to do to save you? No, it's done. Somebody say it's done. It's done. It's done. What needs to happen then if it's done? People need to find out about it. Hallelujah. Is that right? People need to hear that it's done. The good news that it's done needs to be proclaimed. It needs to be proclaimed by the anointing. It needs to be proclaimed boldly and confidently. And people need to hear it. And if they'll hear it with open hearts, what comes by faith? By hearing, rather. I gave you the answer. Faith. <laughs> what comes by hearing? Faith come. And isn't that exactly what happened here? The man heard Paul speak. Next thing we know, he's got faith. Paul perceived that the man had faith to be healed. And yet, he's still sitting there lame. Now here's something. He's heard the truth. He believes the truth. The work's already been done. It's God's will. The man's healing's been bought and paid for. He's heard the truth. He believes it. And he's got faith to be healed. And he's not healed. He's sitting there lame. Class, are y'all with me? If you just stop right here and nothing else happens, there's no healing manifested in his body. Why? Because faith without an action is dead. Isn't that what the scripture says? Hold your, hold your place here and go with me to James. How many believe we're making progress? What will the truth do for you? Any, anybody know? The truth will make you free. In James, the second chapter, James 2, in verse 17, he says, Even so faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Now, uh, when people hear the word works, they, their mind tends to go off on a tangent. They think about 
works of the flesh, works of the law. That's not what he's talking about. A lot of other translations will say action. Action, or it also says deeds. Doing something or an act or an action. You can read it that way. Faith, if it doesn't have an action. Faith, if it doesn't have, if it doesn't do something, is dead. Being alone. Will dead faith get you healed? Uh -uh. Will dead faith get your bills paid? No. No. What, what do dead things accomplish? <laughs> Nothing. They don't move. They don't do any work. Why? Because they're dead. Skip down to verse 26. He repeated it. Again, he said, For as the body without the spirit is dead, even so, or excuse me, so faith without works, or again, without an action, is dead also. This is wonderful revelation about what you are as an entity. You're not just a brain and a body. You're a spirit. And you live in a body. And what the, um, I say it sometimes like this, it's like a hand inside a glove. You know, the glove is, is the body, the hand would be the spirit. Well, when you take your hand out of the glove, you don't have to stab the glove or shoot the glove to make the glove quit moving. There's no life in the glove without your hand. And that's what happens when people die. They don't die, the inward man, but if the body dies, the spirit comes out of the body. Just like a hand comes out of the glove and you are still you. You got your mind just like you do when you're in the body. You don't turn into something else. You are you. Somebody says, you think we'll, will we know one another in heaven? Well, only if you knew them down here. <laughs> That's why you have to get acquainted. Yes. Why? Because you're going to be you. They're them. You, you don't stop existing. Because your body stopped breathing. You just come out of it. And, and the body without the spirit is incapable of accomplishing any work. It just falls on the ground. No movement, no strength, no nothing. That's faith without an action. Saying you believe something, but refusing to act on it is like a dead body. With no spirit inside. With no life inside. Is this serious? Yes. Do we need to understand this? Do we need to know this? I, I know uh, the, the great healing campaigns back in the, uh, the uh, 40s and 50s uh, particularly. You know, like Brother Oral Roberts' great tents where they had the great healing crusades. And there were numerous others. Uh, and A.A. A. Allen, Jack Coe, and these guys. And um, you'll see something uh, that was uh, a, a theme with them. They preached boldly. Jesus the Savior, Jesus the Healer, they preached in the power of the Spirit, could do anything and anything was possible. But then they would encourage people to get ready to receive. And you would see people that were bound to wheelchairs show up at the healing line with a new pair of shoes. 
They would show up with a new pair of shoes, holding what? Ready to put them on. Ready to put them on and ready to act. Everybody say act, act, act. Brother Smith Wigglesworth, who's called an, an apostle of faith, he taught strongly on faith apparently. He's, he lived previous time from us. And um, uh, had uh, apparently many amazing miracles in his ministry. They said sometimes he would pace the, uh, uh, the platform area back and forth going, faith is an act, faith is an act. Faith is an act. Faith is an act. And first one down is healed. <laughs> and people would jump up and run and be healed. Faith is an act. Faith is an act. Well, what's he say? Same thing as this. He's saying a different way. But faith must be released. Faith must be expressed. The number one way you release faith is through the words of your mouth. That's how you were born again. Anybody remember Romans 10? How, how are you born again? With the heart, man believes, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Well, why isn't it just enough to just quietly believe in your heart? Why, why you got to include that? Because faith without an act is dead. There's got to be an act for there to be a release of faith and when faith is released, power is released. Faith release, power release are connected. Say it out loud. Faith release, faith release. power release, power release. Connected. connected. Can you see this? Go back to Acts 14. Can you see it so clearly here? Do you see, class, why I'm so stirred up about this? This particular, I mean, I'm, I, I enjoy all of the healing accounts. And I, I marvel and rejoice at any of the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. But I so enjoy this. As far as I can tell, there is no special manifestation of the Spirit here. There's no working of miracles. There's no gifts of healings. There's no special thing happening here. God does special things. But that's not what's happening here. What happened here? Paul preached the gospel. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who's that for? Everybody, the man heard and, and believed the gospel. He got faith to be healed from hearing the gospel. Glory to God. Then he acted on the faith he got from hearing the gospel and got a miracle that nothing else could ever do for you. Oh, hallelujah. Does that stir you up? It should. If it doesn't, I'll keep preaching. Hold on. We're not done. Paul preached the gospel. The same heard Paul speak. So we know he wasn't sleeping in service. Right? He, was, he wasn't drifting off. Right? He wasn't daydreaming about lunch. Uh, or the special that they're having over to, at the restaurant. He, he, he was there. And he wasn't just there. He was there focused. He was listening to what Paul was saying. And it was making sense to him. And while Paul is proclaiming the good news about what Jesus has done in saving us, healing us, delivering us. We, we read um, a couple of classes ago from Luke 4 how, what Jesus said about the gospel. And he talked about being anointed to heal, deliver, save, I mean on and on, uh, restore. Uh, the gospel is more than you being saved from hell. 
Thank God. If, if that's all it was, that'd be something to shout about. But it's more than saved from hell. When you say I'm saved, saved from what? He saved us from every bad thing. And he redeemed us spirit, soul, and body. So when Paul is proclaiming that Jesus took our infirmities, bore our sicknesses, carried our pains, uh, by stripes were healed. Uh, did Paul know all that? He wrote a lot of it. That's how we learned it, right? Uh, Peter wrote that last part, but uh, yes. So that's what he preached. He preached what we read about. And so this man heard this, and he, inside, he, he decides he believes this. He, believes, he is now a believer. And we don't have no record that he has said or done anything up to this point except hear it and accept it and believe it. And Paul is preaching away and he looks over to Guy and he realizes this guy is ready. He is ready. And he, what, what does that mean? He has faith to be healed. He saw that he had faith to be healed. The scripture said that word means Hold, he's holding it. So he's not in the process of getting faith to be healed. He's holding faith to be healed right now. He's got it, but he's not healed. Class, can you see that? Yeah. The work's been done, but he's not enjoying it. He's even got faith to receive it, and he's not enjoying it. So Paul says... <laughs> He's going to help the man out. <laughs> Is that right? What? It's, it's so simple. He said, stand up right on your feet. Stand up. <laughs> you wanted to get up right then, didn't you? <laughs> That's how it's supposed to be. Stand up. And, but the man can't. Remember, he's impotent in his feet. His feet don't work. They can't hold him up. But Paul called for him to get up and do it. And, and so without analyzing it, without arguing about it, he just makes the effort to do it. And he, this time, he's not just trying to make it happen. He's acting his faith. Oh, come on. Can you see this? He's got faith in him and he's acting the faith. And when he reached the end of his ability to stand up, he met the power of God. Hallelujah. And he changed his feet and his ankles and all that. And he stood straight up and he went ahead and jumped. He leaped. Hallelujah. And walked. Friend, that same thing can happen today. That same thing can happen in your house, in your place of work, in your business. God has never changed. But beware of thinking you're waiting on him. And beware of just begging, 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 oh God, when, oh God, how, oh God, when. He's already done everything that needs to be done. We, if, if, if there's a lack of faith, we need to get some more hearing. If the faith is there, we need to act on it. Come on, can you see this? And God does the rest. Our time's up again. Say it out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith I'm strong in faith giving glory to God hallelujah uh, there may be some that need to watch this class over again 
over more than one time. Just watch this same class we're having today. Watch it over and over again. If something is stirred up in your spirit, uh, keep, keep feeding on it until it clicks. Hallelujah. And you'll be ready to act too. We'll see you again soon back here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.